In London, technology is the Silicon Roundabout. Introducing a new talk show dedicated to the people of the London technology startup scene. Silicon Real. Each week, interviewing entrepreneurs, venture capitalists, financial technology, accelerators, and incubators in an exciting three-person format. Learn about the people behind the innovation. Locally filmed, locally sourced. Silicon Real. It's about the people. This is Silicon Real, the weekly talk show dedicated uh, to those folks uh, of the London technology startup scene. Uh, I'm Brian Rose. I also host London Real. It's the uh, same studio we've had Mr. Tim Ferriss, who we've just been talking about on about a year ago, who says, don't pick up your phone. Uh, and we've had uh, uh, British uh, MP George Galloway on here, Neil deGrasse Tyson, a bunch of others. So check that out at uh, LondonReal.tv. But today we're here to talk tech. Uh, my right-hand man, Mr. Colin Pyle, uh, entrepreneur, coffee guy. Uh, what's going on with you? Um, We're losing you for a couple weeks, right? Yeah, I'm going to the, cool. the, the bad, bad United States of America. Careful with those Yanks, man, especially um, those tech guys. Don't yeah. trust them. You man. sound They'll, American, though. Yeah. Ooh, ooh, wow. We're Be careful, those Americans. They're going to try to give you money now. Exactly. They're going to be like, here, take 20 million. Take it, take Just it. take it. So, yeah, New York, San Fran, and I'm visiting your Bulletproof boys in L.A., which would be really cool. Uh, Otherwise, yeah, travels to India Ride came out on Travel Channel this past week. So um, not in the U.K., though, everywhere else. Okay, so we can't Um, watch it live now. Not Yeah, Travel Channel U.K. is going to play it in September. Okay. um, So, yeah, we'll see. you got some interesting tweets. People are enjoying it. Are they liking it? Yeah. It's hard to tell. You get like 15 people who like it, maybe. <laughs> I saw channel. you in the rat temple. I saw yeah, the rats yeah, yeah, everywhere, yeah. and I was like, Jesus. It looks more colorful than the China ride. It I mean, is. There's a, there's lot a, more, a lot more engagement. A lot more flavor. going on. Yeah, just language and barriers. We were shooting legally, whereas China was illegally. So right, okay. That always helps. If they want to learn more about you, they, they can uh, actually buy your China ride, the Middle Middle Kingdom, Middle ride, Kingdom ride on Amazon. It's uh, Ed Colin yeah. uh, riding all around China for 60-some days, Guinness Book World Record. You know, this there is what he go. does in his spare time. Yeah. So. And it'll be on Netflix, hopefully August, September. So fantastic, that may be easier. Awesome. Okay, yeah. cool. Say hi to the bulletproof executive, Dave Asprey, when you're out in LA yeah, for me. Can't wait. Uh, we love those guys. Uh, on to the show. Our guest uh, today is Mr. Christian Faze, who is the founder of LendInvest, a P2P lending platform uh, focused on the property industry in the UK. I think it's specifically London. Yep. Um, I believe well, you guys require a, a ten thousand pound minimum investment. We do. Yeah. Um, and you guys offer uh, at sometimes up to twelve percent annual returns on short term mortgage finance. It's, it's more like bridge loans. It is. Um, I think you've completed about 67 million pounds in loans according to your up-to-the-date website uh, secured against about 120 million pounds of real estate Uh, you were previously a city lawyer uh, with Clifford Chance and Deutsche Bank Uh, Christian welcome to Silicon Real thank you very much yeah how's my intro I'm I'm getting you spot on yeah well I'm getting to be pretty well known for my intros (laughs) I think it's the the passion that I deliver really is and the conciseness is it really I try to get break it down you know I work on it you know before we jump into uh, uh, the specifics of uh, Lend Invest you know uh, Fintech is London's pride and joy, right? Yeah, We've been talking yeah. about this for the last year. We've had kind of the who's who of Fintech on here. We've had what? TransferWise, Market Invoice, Open Gamma, Cedars, Doodil. Yeah. Uh, we invited Wonga, but, you know, I think they're just too scared to come on. You, know, you I invited res- them. I respect that. I did invite Wonga, but, you know. Yeah, open platform here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I th- this is before their latest kind of bad press, but uh, who knows? Maybe they'll come on. But uh, I wanted to know just a bit about you before we jump into the company. You know, you were in the city. Now you're in, in a Fintech play. Yeah. Um, do you miss the old times in the city when you left in 08 were 
you really thinking fintech or there wasn't really the tech yet to go with the fin no tell us about your background real quick yeah definitely so i mean yeah city lawyer did all that sort of stuff um in-house with an investment bank as well so sort of saw the, the the finance side of things so that was good um I guess we're, we're a little bit different in the sense that we're a tech, we're a tech startup, but actually we're a lending business first. Right. So, you know, we set up in late 2008 a mortgage lending business, and that's what we were. And sort of it's, it's later that we came on to the tech side of things. Right. So it was finance <coughs> company first, tech later. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And uh, do, you, do you miss those days of the city? I always bump into my old city colleagues. They're always grumbling. No one grumbles about a pay cut like a banker in the city. I don't know if you ever found this. Uh, it's never like it used to be. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Do you miss those guys at all? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Did you expect me to say yes? No. I don't know. I mean, yeah. I mean, it, I think what we're doing is a good intersection between the two industries. But, um, yeah, definitely... Um, you know, London is the centre of fintech, we think globally, and I think it makes sense for that. And most people that are operating in that space are pretty excited about it. And, you know, it's, it, it's an exciting place to be in that sort of business at the moment. Talk to us about uh, your company. Uh, it was interesting, uh, you know, you talk about some of the rates of the return and they get people jumping out of their chairs. And then, uh, you know, you, it looks like you provide uh, financing when people can't get it. Uh, and I don't want to ask you this in the wrong way, but are you, are you the wonga of uh, mortgage finance in yeah. a weird way? Because you know, you're providing loans in like two weeks notice sometimes to get these projects done. I mean, that's real value added, right? But then yeah. on the other side, people are saying the rates are too high. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, it is expensive, expensive finance, but it's short-term finance. So, you know, yeah, we lend to a borrower at 12%, which is a high interest rate. If it was a 24-year mortgage, yeah, sure, that's going to be an expensive rate of interest and no one would take that sort of mortgage. But um, the average duration for us is like six months. And the thing is, you know, to get a mortgage in the UK is very difficult. You know, for property developers and property entrepreneurs who are our sort of core, you know, target group, it, takes, it can take them six months to get a mortgage you know, where the market's moving too quick for that. So they've either got to have cash or, you know, have investors that back them. And we sort of see ourselves as, as almost being investors that back them, but we provide quick capital. So using technology to try and get efficiencies in terms of what we're doing, and we can provide funding in a couple of weeks. So it's expensive, but <clears throat> a lot of these guys are faced with the prospect of either not doing the deal, you know, they, they miss the opportunity or taking slightly expensive funding. When I, when I hear rates like 12%, even on short term, I, I, there must be a, uh, a bubble there or a big growing economy because we know the property market in London is up, what, 20% year yeah. on year? London market's strong. It's yeah. very strong, which means that, that there's a lot of things happening and they need to happen fast, which, exactly. which makes you yep. very valuable and, and yeah. means guys will pay 12% because yeah. there's a lot of moving parts and they can make... Yeah, and there's always a commercial need for the funding. You know, so we're definitely not placed as a lender of last resort. You know, so we're not funders that, you know, we're not funders that provide funding where the borrower can't get funding. It's really where they just can't get it quick enough. So, so, you know, typically the bank will take us out at the end. So we'll provide the quick funding, they can secure the project, and then the bank will take us out. So, so they're bank quality loans. It's just the banks are too slow. How's business? It's good. Yeah, it's very good. I mean, I think <clears throat> the London market's very strong in terms of the, you know, the residential property market. But I think countrywide, there's a real sort of, it's just simple supply-demand economics. You know, there's not enough new housing in the UK, and we've got a rising population. So I think, you know, it's going to be strong for, for a long time to come. Do you, do you ever work with, like, you know, small, small guys like, you know, you or I just buying a half a million pound house or whatever, and they actually want to maybe do a longer-term mortgage, or is that completely not your game? 
It's not at the moment, so it's it's very focused on the short-term stuff. But in terms of the profile of borrower, yeah, sure. I mean, we we, we phrase them as property entrepreneurs. Right. So it's guys that are sort of doing this full-time. They're not sort of amateurs. But, um, yeah, I mean, a lot, of, a lot of our borrowers are individuals that are sort of, that's what they do. They buy flats, they renovate them, and they sell them on. And, you know, they make a very good living doing that, e- even with, uh, you know, relatively expensive funding. Right. right. <coughs> Are property markets going up or going down? Take us forward one year. Are we up 10%? Are we down 10%? I, I don't know if we'll be up 10%, but I'm pretty certain we won't be down 10%. Okay. I mean, I think, I, think, I think the London market's cooled off the last little while, and we've got the election coming up. So, you know, people will understandably be a little bit nervous about that. You've got the Labour Party with their sort of mansion taxes and all these sorts of policies that are being proposed. So Is that going to happen, the mansion tax? I mean, I think if the Labour Party get in, they're going to try for it, definitely. What's which, the mansion uh, tax? Is it, is, it, is it kind of like a luxury tax? Is, this an, annual, is it an annual yeah, tax? Yeah, it's an annual tax. So if you own a flat or a house worth more than £2 million, right. um, then you'll pay an annual fee. And it could be like forty grand a year. So it's like... Prohibitive, so, so like two percent or one yeah, percent. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. very prohibitive. Yeah. Wow. Right? Yeah. yeah, that's just that's not based on any income or <coughs> rental income. Yeah, exactly. Jeez. I think that exists in California. Someone was telling me oh, really? recently of all of all crazy places you wouldn't expect something like Cause that. Because there is a tax for like foreigners who buy sort of luxury <coughs> properties, is there not? Uh, if you buy it in a foreign company, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's really expensive. It's like fifteen yeah. percent stamp duty. Is it? If you buy oh, a property at a you know over a certain bracket, I think it's like two million pounds. Hmm. So they're already putting in those sorts of things, which is having a cooling effect. And that's good. I mean, if the, if the market sort of cools off, then it's more sustainable long term. Yeah. As opposed to, you know, just te- it can't go up 10% every year. That's fine. We prefer it to go up incrementally at a sensible pace. That's, that's better for long term. I think you're right about the, pro- the property market. I mean, it's been amazing to watch it go up, you know, 15, 16, 20% in the last six months, nine months. And in London, is crazy. And, you know, the supply is so limited. And then the lack of good supply is a whole other question. Yeah. So in any bull market, you get all the jokers coming out too. And uh, some of yeah. the stuff you see a picture of and you're like, what? I mean, it's literally like, <laughs> uh, you know, this is my cardboard box on the corner of this. And yeah. I need a half a million. But I don't see it coming way off. Even like a 5% dip or 8% dip, there's buyers mm. out there. Who are we yeah. kidding? And yeah. now people have been conditioned that things are worth 1,200 square foot, even where you live probably 13 1400 square yeah. foot in Notting Hill and I remember I almost bought a property in Notting Hill around 07 right when the crash was about to happen and then afterwards yeah. I was like oh you regretted I, it no, I, I, was, I was happy for a couple of years and well, yeah. the prices Long have blasted time. through yeah. there so you, know, you mentioned a company in one of your talks called Lending Club in the US yeah. and it's a huge peer-to-peer lender yep. it's got serious board members like John Mack you know formerly it's of, awesome. uh, of yeah. Morgan Stanley Credit yeah. Suisse it's got some you know people. Google's a major investor yeah I didn't yeah. even know about this I mean this must make you bullish on the market over here what, what what is going on with the u.s when it comes yeah. to peer-to-peer lending so in the u.s it's a bit more of a restrictive market so there's a couple of main players lending club and prosper are the sort of two dominant players in in sort of peer-to-peer lending um and yeah it's, it's massive in terms of the volumes they're achieving it's it's surreal i mean lending clubs lending sort of three to four hundred million dollars a month um, is and that that's secured lending, or no? Just and like, that's unsecured so lending. So I lend that's people, to my friend, or I lend to a business. Well, you can lend to a business. It's typically sort of people buying a secondhand car, or they're consolidating their credit cards, or you know, just traditional unsecured consumer finance. So, what's the cost of that? Uh, that that's relatively expensive, yeah. but I mean, it's yeah, it's probably similar to what's well, better than credit card rates. Right. <clears throat> right. But it's good. It's a really good model, and it's sort of it's really showing the potential for peer to peer. And um, I was at a conference recently, and it was a good explanation of sort of the lending club sort of model. And I guess what we're trying to do with peer to peer is, you know, 
everyone in the room would have a credit card, but you know, not everyone, and everyone probably pays a fairly similar rate. But actually, everyone in the room is probably quite a different sort of credit quality sure. borrower. But you know, with peer to peer, you can assess the actual individual borrower better, and you can determine rates, and the peers can sort of you know, it's democratizing finance really. Yeah. As a foreigner, I hate it coming over you know over here. Yeah. My credit can't transfer over, and yeah. it's so so annoying. Like I can't get a mortgage. Exactly, I tried. It's a big issue. Yeah, yeah. and that and that's that's a, that's a big market for yeah. us actually. Foreign nationals that you know they can still put in forty percent equity in a purchase, but they can't get a mortgage. I mean, I've got a friend who's a banker in the city, and he's just just bought a house in Chiswick, um, trying to get a mortgage. He's been employed with this bank, top tier bank, great credit rating, but he hasn't had a credit card for the last two years here. So we can't get a mortgage. It's like, yeah. it's just, there's, it's, there's no real sense to the mortgage process. And these are some of your clients. Are they expats? Y- yeah, are they yeah they're expats. Okay. So they'll come to us. We can bridge them while they can sort of sort out their affairs, get a credit card for a while and get a, you know, start borrowing some debt so they get a, get a credit rating and get on the system here. But again, there's no real sense to that. Right. So with peer-to-peer, we're trying to sort of, you know, let the peers determine what is sensible. Because, you know, for me, on paper, he's a good borrower. Right. But, you know, but the bank doesn't think so. So it's a real sort of tick box mentality with, right. with bank lending. You know, with fintech, we always like run around and talk about fintech, but it's almost like credit tech because the success stories yeah. like Wonga, yeah. Market Invoice. We had Damien from Doodill on last week. I mean, the intel they have is because yeah. they're running these great credit checks, yeah. these real time credit checks. Yeah. And I yeah. know Wonga is really good at that. I'm guessing you guys are good Definitely. at that. Definitely. Yeah, okay. yeah. So, so that is the tech. It is, is the it, tech. Is it credit yeah. tech? It is credit tech. Am I, mean, I the I think, first one to use that term? Yeah, it's good. I like Heard it. it here yeah. first. Dot com. Someone's probably got it by now. Um, <laughs> it's live. It's live. You had to say it live. Um, Just have a week. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the idea is not, like we were saying, not to be a lender of last resort, but to actually be a better lender than the banks, you know, to use technology that they don't use. So, um, so with our mortgage lending business, um, we've, we've got a bank funding line, and, and part of that, they came in and did a full audit of, of what we do. Actually, one of their senior credit guys said, you actually do more than what we do for, for borrowers. So yeah, we, we take that stuff really seriously. And actually, it's trying to be at the cutting edge of better credit underwriting as opposed to just sort of providing easier credit. What, and what do you guys do? Yeah, what do you do? So, I mean, so, well, some of the things we do, we will um, we'll get all borrowers to take a smartphone photo of their passport. And then we can run it through this system that will analyze the font sizes, the watermarking, the, you know, just a full digital analysis of the passport. Now, no bank is doing that when you go for a mortgage. Um, we'll get the borrower's mobile phone number and we'll ping it. So um, mortgage fraud's a big issue. And um, you know, if they're, they're a borrower, they say they're in London, they're buying a flat in Notting Hill, then, but it pings back there in you know, Afghanistan or whatever, you know, we'll start to ask questions in terms of where they are and yeah. you know, can they come into the office and that sort of stuff. You know, just, just sort of overlaying all these sort of technologies that are available and sort of making that as part of our sort of credit process so yeah so that those are great examples of kind of like eliminating fraud but how do you determine for example if this guy you're going to lend i'm assuming you turn some people down yeah definitely yeah so so how does you know is it a loan to value thing is it you know looking at their credit history with guys like doodill maybe yeah yeah Yeah, i mean it's a bit of both so for us it's relatively short term, so we'll lend out to three years okay. in duration. Um, so the credit assessment is one of the borrower, which is primarily around fraud. As long as they say they are who they say they are, then you know, we're, we're relatively happy okay. to lend to them. You know, they're not a terrorist or you know, the usual yeah. sort of stuff. And then it's an, um, an assessment of the asset. 
So uh, have we got that valuation right? Are they really putting in 40% cash or, or whatever it may be? Um, and, you know, just making sure. So it's not just as simple as sending around a valuer to go through the property, which is what we do, but it's overlaying data which is available from, you know, the ONS or land registry or company's house onto that valuation to make sure we've really got it right. And actually then to be able to assess our book on an ongoing basis. So, you know, yeah, we got it right now. Where's the market moving and sort of how is that affecting our loan book? Do you use yeah. things like Zoopla or any of those like information services? Yeah, we're starting to. Okay. Yeah. I yeah. was checking them out the other day, you know, and they're, they're yeah. it's pretty comprehensive stuff. Yeah. I mean, they'll rate a neighborhood based yep. on average square footage yeah, and they'll yeah. put a price on it and yeah. things that weren't even available two, three years ago. Yeah. And pretty sophisticated demographics about right. the sort of people in there. So you can match that up with the sort of... <clears throat> The developer that comes along and says, I'm going to buy this flat and this is what my end buyer is going to look like. You can sort of match that up. Is that, does that fit the demographics of the sort of area that they're developing in and that, right. that sort of stuff? And your loan-to-value ratios are pretty high and skewed, so that protects you as long as you're happy with the asset? Yeah, exactly. What are so, the ratios are just for people that don't even know the business very much? So like? we won't lend uh, higher than 75% of okay. the value of the property. Okay. So, so every borrower has got to have 25% cash to put into the deal. Right. Um, and historically, again, because we're not chasing borrowers of last resort, it's sort of historically it's sort of sixty to sixty-five percent loan to value. Okay. So it's sort of uh, it's probably guys that could do a couple of deals cash, but actually with a bit of bridging, a bit of sort of leverage, they can do you know maybe twice as many transactions as what they do in a year. Okay, so that's why they come to you because yeah. you give them a little bit of extra leverage yeah. that they couldn't get in a bull market. It's a no-brainer for you. Yeah, and if, them. If this turns, do it, do you start requiring more cash? Um, potentially, yeah. I mean, I guess we're always sort of looking at the macroeconomic sort of situation in the market, and, and we take that into consideration. I mean, I guess we started lending in late 2008, which in hindsight was a good experience, but at the time, you know, wasn't the best time to be starting a mortgage lending business. But Probably the worst time. Yeah. <laughs> Ever. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, but some people say that's when great companies thrive. Is right. these yeah, and, and that's the point, I guess, is that actually in these downward markets or in a really depressed market, that's actually when people really need funding. You know, so actually you can get a better margin and actually you can probably get better credit quality borrowers because it, you know, in that time the banks had just shut down. Right. You, know, you couldn't get a mortgage. So. Right. Right. Yeah. They just stop answering the phone. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you Pretend guys started off, end. you started as a finance company and now you're kind of a tech play. You know, a lot of people we have in here started with tech plays. They already, they're, they're looking for the next 20 mil, the 30 mil, the series B's. Yeah. They're going to the States. They're ramping up. Uh, are you guys doing the same thing or are you a little bit more cautious in your expansion? Uh, no, I think we're, we're trying to be relatively aggressive. Um, we've been sort of doing the VC rounds and going through that process. I guess we're fortunate in that our business is profitable. So we can sort of be self-sufficient and grow, actually. You know, we can get to where we need to be, we think, self-funded. So that's a good position to be in. I guess it's, it's a bit of a land grab at the moment. You know, everyone's sort of trying to be the biggest and the best platform and, you know, and, and accelerating their sort of development of their technology. So I think that's really what we'd be quite keen to raise money for. But, um, yeah, but we're, we're not cautious with our expansion plans. But at the same time, we don't want to take over the world. I mean... Um, Really, for us, the UK mortgage markets, you know, 200 billion a year, it's, it's a big enough market just to sort of, if we can scratch the surface of that, then that's going to be a phenomenally successful business. So we don't have to go and sort of go into other you know, jurisdictions and that sort of stuff. And stick to the short term stuff. Well, uh, the broader vision is to be a mainstream mortgage lending business. Okay. And just peer to peer is just peer to, it's really an online lending business. 
That's, that's the way we see it. You know, the process of getting a mortgage is so frustrating. It's so time-consuming. If we can use technology to make it a, a really cool and good, easy experience, then that will be a winner. So the fact that we're funded by peer-to-peer is just sort of, that's offering that as an investment asset class for investors. Yeah, so, if you could globalize credit, do you, you know, for, for foreigners like me to buy a place when you land here. Yeah. Because, again, I'm not high yeah. risk and I, and I shouldn't be yeah. here. And if you can fix that problem. You yeah, exactly. That's a huge a market. Of, a yeah, huge just market, there. right? Yeah, massively overlooked and it doesn't yeah. make any sense. No, it's, it's, yeah. it's stupid that you can't transport my credit history in Canada yeah. Yeah. Um, and over here. Yeah. I, who's, you know, who's easier? Where's the, the hiccup in your business? Is it hard to find borrowers, lenders, or are both of them pretty easy to find? Well, it's interesting. I, going back, when, when we set up the business, we were always capital short. So we saw way more borrowers than we had funding. And that was why we sort of actually set up the peer-to-peer business, because we, we looked at some of the other peer-to-peer players and certainly saw what was going on in the US. And obviously, there's a huge swathe of savers out there that are getting nothing for their money in the bank. So we sort of thought, if we could set up or essentially wrap what we do in an online platform for investors to invest in, then it would be hugely popular. And actually, it has become hugely popular, but not only for the peers, but also institutions are now coming to us, you know, and they're really keen. So banks are looking, you know, we're, we're talking with banks actively for them to lend through our platform, sure. you know, so because so, it's, it's cheaper for them to actually use our technology to deploy capital for them. So I think as time goes on, it's really trying to broaden our borrower base as opposed to our capital base. But it's, it's a fine balance, so it's a marketplace model. Well, will banks actually use you? Because, you know, typically a lot of banks just you want to use their own in-house systems and they don't want to deal with other companies when it comes to lending. You'd be surprised. Really? Yeah. Because you're showing them the rates and yeah, it's a the, Yeah, model. The, the, the yield we can achieve and also what we're doing in terms of our credit underwriting. They're sort of saying, well, and it's not necessarily UK banks. The sort of where we've found a lot of traction is perhaps a small European bank. And they say, yeah, we'd love some exposure to the UK mortgage market, but we don't want to have to go and employ 20 people to set up a mortgage desk and try and originate deal flow and learn that market. We can just go onto your platform and get exposure to it. And that, that, that's, sort of, that's quite attractive. Right, so NetWest and Abbey National won't be banging your door down. Well, I mean, I think probably out of pride alone, they yeah. never would do that, right? <laughs> I mean, well, you see, like Funding Circle's just done a uh, deal with Santander. Okay. So I think you, you will start to see those sort of UK high street banks get involved can you transfer your model to germany to france to italy uh regulation's the big issue okay yeah so europe europe generally is quite a regulated market so it does become quite difficult yeah yeah i mean it's it's something we've had a few companies like yours i guess market invoice and due deal that it's basically it's all about companies house you know for a lot of that info and without that relationship then it's not like you can transfer that business model to another country yeah. easily. Damien was saying going to the U.S. is tough because you got yeah. the states. Well, right? it's the same. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So it's you know. And in the U.S., there's people kind of doing what you're doing, kind of. Although you know, there are. you know, Lending Club isn't, isn't no. a bridge finance. No, but there are some bridge finance operators okay. doing it. So yeah, but actually, with those businesses, from what we can see, the large the large value for them is actually going through the reg- regulatory hurdles of getting licensed in you know all the states and all that sort of stuff so as opposed to necessarily the tech but yeah you still lending money you were doing some p2p lending right? yeah i did i just i did some funding circle stuff oh, did just you? to sort of test yeah, yeah. it out 
Um, yeah, I thought it was really cool. I thought, yeah. um, so you guys, minimum 10,000 investment. It is 10,000 at the moment. We're going to reduce it. Right. Yeah. And, and for, you know, how, how long do I have to have it invested before I can pull it out? Are there any limitations? Well, it matches the underlying loan. Okay. So okay. they're sort of six month loans. So that's sort of the period you'd have it locked up for. So there's no secondary market. Not yet. Okay. Yeah. So we're, we're building that. Right. Yeah. We're just trying to get the tech right as yeah. opposed to sort of open the floodgates and have, you know, a hundred thousand investors. Yeah that get disappointed would rather sort of have keep it small get it right and then right. then lower the, the minimum yeah that's what i funding sir i i put some in and then i yeah. tried it out and then i tried the secondary market and it didn't work yeah it wasn't great it oh, wasn't really great. it's pretty liquid how long yeah, ago was that maybe it was about six months ago now yeah um you couldn't get out for a decent no, spread. I, yeah if i couldn't get out for a really much of any spread to be honest i got out at a premium on some of the loans recently yeah but maybe i'm just trader. not so smart <laughs> yeah. And uh, who's impressing you right now in, in fintech when it comes to London? Do you even see other companies where you were like, oh, we'd love to grab them or partner with them? Or I don't know. What do you see in the space? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think companies like Funding Circle, I think they're an awesome business. You know, they're backed by the best VC operators out there. The management team are, are really switched on and sort of going for it. Um, and, and some of the other peer-to-peer players, I think Zopa, you know, is a long-standing fintech business. They've, they've sort of got things right. Um, yeah, other than that, we sort of just focus on what we're doing, really, and sort of just plug away at it. But, I mean, there's, there's tons of good businesses here. I mean, you know, TransferWise, um, you know, Doodle, all those, all those companies. Even Wonga, you know, I mean, I think they're a phenomenal business yeah, at the I, end of the day. I think they're a great business. I mean, yeah. I think they get the, what do you call it, the Daily Mail heats or, you know, this kind yeah. of, what do they call it, a headline porn kind of stuff where everyone's right. like, don't do this, don't do that. But before that, I, I think it's a great business. I think yeah. it fills a great need. Yeah. But I don't know, could they have done anything differently? I mean, okay, they recently paid some fines for what? Yeah. Charging people, yeah. no, no, for, for fake law firms, fake law yeah. firms yeah. to hunt them down. Okay, yeah. shouldn't have done that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that that's hard, that's hard to justify. That was employees. Yeah, well, right. so Okay. But I mean, could they have done anything different, you know, with what not really. I mean, always I going into a sensitive area, yeah, right? They're always going to get heat. I think actually what they've done is they've gone into other jurisdictions. So they're sort of, you know, they're in various places around Europe now and sort of okay. plugging on with what they do. I think, you know, they might be perceived to be coming under a lot of heat, but I think it probably will continue to be a hugely successful business. Sure. You know, they they as much as we don't like to talk about it, they're probably servicing an area of the market where there is there's a there's demand there. There's people that do want quick cash to buy a yeah. pair of sneakers or you know whatever it is they do. Well, payday loans have been happening forever. I think yeah. I think the real issue isn't Wonga. It's education. Do you know? I, I yeah. really really think there yeah. should be basic financial yeah. monthly yeah. budgeting and education in in an early early days in, in, in people's in people's lives. Mm. Yeah, I think it's a market that's been there since the beginning of time. Yeah. It's just not that's been talked about, and yeah. it's been pawn shops in America, and I know uh, next to a lot of you know Army and Navy bases, the payday loans are huge, and yeah. like, people just haven't quantified you know the interest rates, and right. yeah. maybe this is just puts it all in the in the in the open, and, and we can say yeah, Wonga's having a hard time, but like you know like Christian's saying, they're just making mad money on the back. Yeah, so, you yeah, know, yeah. Like, it's and, interesting. We we met with one of the VCs that were early investors in Wonga, and. Um, a guy from you know big investment banking background and all the rest of it and he said it's really disappointing our investment in wonga because for as long as i live i'm never going to invest in a business as good as that again so it's sort of you know it's it's hugely profitable yeah, yeah. What, what do you see from the yanks do you do you ever go out to silicon valley or at silicon alley in new york i mean you know maybe you can't move your business model there but do you see things that they do better than we do here um 
Yeah, we, we go out there. So we're in Silicon Valley a couple of months ago. Um, there's a big conference out there called Lendit for the peer-to-peer -peer space. And um, it's about a thousand attendees. It was a great event. But um, in terms of what we see out there, we're talking more to the investors, so you know the VCs and perhaps the institutions that are looking to deploy capital onto our platform. Right. And I think we see that they're more open-minded in many respects and actually probably a little bit more aggressive, where what we find the, the mentality seems to be a little bit in the UK is that sort of a, finding an excuse not to invest. Perhaps we're in the US, it's sort of how big's the market, how do we attack it, um, how quickly can we penetrate you know, X percent of it. So... It's quite refreshing to go out to the U.S. actually. And would yeah. VCs use your platform to invest our money, or you would you be talking to institutions, yeah, no, equity, and insurance companies, yeah. and things like yeah. that? Yeah, it's it's institutions to deploy debt, right? Oh, to yeah, deploy debt, yeah. right? Okay, so less VCs, but just yeah, but, but the VCs for equity for our business. Okay, yeah, right. Yeah. Okay, to begin yeah. involved in your yeah, business, yeah, right? Right yeah, for equity yeah. plays. And what do you think about the P two P equity plays here in the UK and in the US? Uh, I think it's interesting. So I think uh, platforms like Cedars are yeah. really good. You know, I think, you know, Jeff Lynn, I think, you know, they've got a good management team there. They're sort of getting good traction. They're getting great PR. And I think that's, that's really good. And that's really positive for the sector. I think, you know, as long as people appreciate when they invest on those platforms, that there's a high chance that they will lose their money. And I think I've actually even heard Jeff say that at a conference, you know, yeah. The majority of startups will fail, and so the majority of investments you invest perhaps on a platform through um, you know, the crowdfunding sort of model, then they will fail. So as long as investors understand that, then that's okay. I think the danger is that you know, type of guys that are investing you know, 100 quid here and there perhaps don't understand that. Um, and that's the big difference between crowdfunding and peer-to-peer. Peer-to-peer is debt, you're lending, so there is a real expectation you'll get that money back, and that should be the case. But equity crowdfunding, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a few players that are getting that right. Your risk profile is significantly less yeah. than an yeah. equity profile. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, we're secured against property as well. So right. actually, we think we're, you know, even of, of all the offerings out there, we're sort of as low as it goes in terms of the risk profile. Have you had any flat-out losses? No. Right. We haven't. So in six years of lending, we've never lost a penny of capital. Right. Right. Have you had yeah. to liquidate properties? Yeah, we have. Okay. Yeah. And Which is, you know, it's not a good experience, but it's, it is in terms of experience for the business. Right. Um, certainly our first year of lending was the worst. And that's probably our real concern with the industry as a whole in terms of you know, there's a lot of sort of tech startups getting involved in lending. Um, and particularly if they're lending sort of to three or five years in terms of duration, it's a fairly slow feedback loop. Um, you know, it might take them sort of four or five years to realize how bad they are at doing it, and they're doing it with other people's money. So that's a real risk for the sector, um, where for us, we've been lending for a long time, short-term mortgages, six months, we sort of, you know, we've evolved our model considerably in terms of our underwriting processes, you know, over six years. When, yeah. when you liquidate, does everyone's money kind of freeze until that whole liquidation process is paid and everyone's paid? Yeah, so we, um, we're, we're only um, buy-to-let mortgages. So okay. um, we, never, we never lend against a property where the borrower is going to live in there So um, at, in, in our current model. So the, the law is quite pro-lender. In that, in that perspective. It helps you get them out of the property. It does, yeah. It. Okay. We can uh, appoint a receiver and the process is pretty swift. I mean, we can get repaid in a couple of months. Okay. Yeah. And are, I guess there's no kind of securitization of your mortgages, so no one gets paid off first. It's just everyone loses kind of the same percentage of yeah, whatever it is. you guys well, get hit. Although on, on the platform, we've started tranching some loans. Okay. So we'll do an A tranche, which is sort of like up to 50% LTV. Right. And then from 50 to tw um, 75, cool. you know, you can be a tranche B. So you yeah. would sit 
you know, second in the, the, the repayment profile. Sure. But um, yeah, I mean, we do every loan with the expectation that we're going to get it all back. So. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it's interesting how your cycle is much, much quicker. So you talk about like cedars and some of these crowdfunding, mm. you know, you may not realize for six, seven yeah. years before you start to see real data on, on how successful people actually yeah. are. Yeah. And it'll be, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see the data. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It will be interesting. Yeah. And it'll be pretty transparent as well. Sure. You absolutely. know, you can get all that data now. So yeah. 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 It's going to be interesting to watch and just see, you know, if that goes where we think it's going to go, you know, and it, if a lot of these places really get, you know, yeah. the two three hundred percent growth that we're kind of yeah. expecting, you know, yeah. do you hire tech guys or finance guys? Uh, both, yeah. So we've um, we've recently hired like a data scientist. So we're sort of big on that credit modeling and building tech into that side of things. Um, but yeah, finance guys. I mean, with mortgages, there's still a human element to it. So there's a lot of you know we have human underwriters. It's never going to be a fully automated process. Um, so they're finance guys and then tech guys. Yeah, I mean, that's why we're keen to do shows like yours to sort of get exposure in the tech scene and really because it's hard to get tech talent in London, surprisingly. Mm. You know, it's, so many it's options. really competitive. Okay. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Okay. And often perhaps they don't want to work for a finance business. You know, mm. it's not perceived as being necessarily that trendy, but right. I think that will change definitely. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's a full spread. You have, we're, sell, we're hiring. Yeah. you have to sell them on the upside and where you're going and the scalability. Because, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, got to right. sell them on the dream. And particularly, you know, if they've got an experience of going for a mortgage, which often people do, and then they're just like flabbergasted at how bad it is. And then you sort of you t- show them what we're trying to do. And then it doesn't take long for them to sort of get on board. Is, is, are, are mortgages and the property market like the last bastion of illiquid markets in the world, would you say? Of uh, the ones that are well, constantly exploited. Yeah, potentially. <laughs> I mean, are they? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't know if it's the last one, but it's definitely one that is ripe for disruption. Right. I mean, yeah, for an asset yeah. class, it's so big. It's something everyone has Absolutely. to be involved in buying, yeah, selling, yeah, yeah, lending. Yeah. Yep. The bid offers are ridiculous. The yep. amount of information used to be shocking. Dealing yep. with Foxton's agents, yes, I said it, <laughs> is shocking. I can't even get a phone it call back. In, in the property bull market, they won't even call you back. Yeah. Like, I want to buy a property, we won't even call you back. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's yeah. crazy. And <laughs> it, 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 I just, I, so I bank with HSBC. Right. I have accounts in Canada. <laughs> I feel sorry for you. I, know. Yeah. I have accounts in Canada and I have accounts in the UK. And I can't get I can't get yeah, a, I can't yeah. get a mortgage. Is you again, you're about your not, mortgage again. Oh, jeez. It's a broken See, record. Well, it's you so, put down yeah. 65%. It's like, oh, sure. Let me just go into my, you know, yeah. my yacht. Uh, yeah. <laughs> get, well, get, yeah. The stories we hear are surreal. I mean, you it's know, crazy. if you go into your bank, you've been banking with HSBC for 10 years. Yeah. You go in and apply for a mortgage. The first question they're going to ask you is, what's your address? and What's your date of birth? Right. It's like. Dude, yeah, yeah. How do you not know that? I mean, so when and you got to sit there ch- and fill it out on a form. I mean, how right. ridiculous is that? When right. do they change? You know, we're changing when, it now. When, yeah, no, it's when transferwises and these it's guys when you make force them, change. them to change. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and that's why the yeah. government's behind peer to peer and fintech sure. and all that stuff because I think they've got to the point where they can't make the banks lend anymore, so they just create an environment that's hugely competitive. Right. You know, so. Groups like us come along, and actually the banks say, shit, we do have to, I don't know if we can swear here, but, you know, um, yeah, we just have to get our act together. We don't have to, you know, now you've got to go through a three-hour interview in the branch to get a mortgage. Right. Serious? Do they still have huge margins in, like, the, the, the banks and the big building societies here and the mortgage businesses? Is that still big? Is that their prime moneymaker still? Uh, I think it's a, it's a real, it's a big moneymaker. Right. I mean, it's obviously heavily subsidized by cheap money from the Bank of England, right. which, which is why we're focused on the buy-to-let investment mortgage market at the moment, because it's where there is typically a much greater spread. 
So for investors, it's a it's an attractive proposition as well. Okay. Can you yeah. explain that as opposed to someone who's buying to, what is it, buying to live or buying to just hold the property? Can you just yeah. explain that nuance? Really? Yeah. So, so the, the, the easiest way probably to explain is we, if, it, if someone lives in the property, then it's a home loan. Um, if they don't live in the property, then it's a buy-to-let right. investment mortgage. So, so we only lend where they don't live in the property. So it's property landlords. They're typically buying flats, buying and flipping, you know. Um, they're, they're property entrepreneurs in right. that sense. Speculators in that sense. Yeah, sp- yeah speculators. Yeah, exactly. Entrepreneur. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, entrepreneur is better. <laughs> that sounds way better. Yeah. I-, I love seeing tech grab all these markets like we see TransferWise. Love I mean, mm. you know, uh, I was talking with my bank the other day and had a similar experience where it was like, why don't you fill out your address? And you're like, are you just joking? I was trying yeah. to transfer money from my dollar account to my sterling account, and it was like, and I kept saying to the guy in the branch, have you heard of TransferWise? And uh, the guy was like, oh, I think I heard of them. I'm like, I could do it on my phone. And you're yeah. on, and you're, he's like, I have to fax. But cheaper. He said fax. I need to fax this over. <laughs> and I was like, and he was a young kid. And I was like, homie, did you hear what you just said? Fax. This isn't like, this is 2014. It's crazy. There's an app here where I can do it. And yeah. he was like, I know. But he's like, this is the way it is. Yeah. Um, They're institutionalized. Yeah. yeah. And the credit stuff, I mean, you said, is, is their credit um, analysis really, really are they big gaps in it? Is it, is it? I, I mean, I don't think it's particularly poor in the mortgage okay. space. I don't think we're sort of building an argument on that. I think we can definitely say we do more. And by doing that, then actually it should get better. Um, and we're you know trying to use big data and all those sorts of solutions to increasingly get better. So... Um, you know, the, the defaults over time should get less. Um, not to say that the banks don't do that, but um, yeah, it, it's, for us, it's more about making that experience better at the end of the day. It's, it's, it's providing a mortgage online that's, you know, makes sense and it's easy. What are the goals for you guys, like next 12 months, next 24 months? What are you trying to do? Uh, just be doing what we're doing bigger and better i guess um we're sort of so we will lower the minimum investment amount to a thousand pounds so that will sort of broaden our um buzz and pr appeal i guess um and hopefully sort of build the brand um but then continue to do what we do um we're sort of going to slowly go out the duration so we're sort of trying to lend more three-year product than a six-month product um and then sort of get more investors onto the platform do uh, do some deals with some institutions, get them on there, which sort of shows confidence to the market in terms of what we're doing, um, and continue to build out the tech. So the tech's actually the hard part as opposed to sort of getting investors and money. But um, it's, When are you going to let foreigners... Foreigners on to, to, to get give me a twenty year li- you know <laughs> twenty buy year live yeah hopefully in sort of next two to three years we'll be right. doing that yeah it's sort of a mainstream home loan product right yeah. as opposed yeah. to just the buy the yeah. like a home yeah. loan product and that would really open up is, is that it's a fast? huge market yeah. yeah I mean yeah it's it's two hundred billion a year is right. the the UK mortgage market the buy to let market's about thirty billion okay. so we think we're attacking still a, a pretty big market but the tech's the same it's just changing you know, how we do it. Right. And yeah. do you really need those small investors of like the thousand pounds each, or do you really need the institutions to come on board and the tech to be better in your we, mind? We don't need either, but I think it works better with both. Um, so interesting, like with Lending Club, it is largely institutions now. So they almost go full circle. They start as sort of community lending platforms and then the institutions take over. I think for us, it's quite important to have the crowd, um, Property particularly as well, it's got sort of a social element to it. There's a lot of people that are perhaps left off the property ladder. They can't get on, but they can invest in a mortgage in that area. So perhaps that's a way for them to get exposure to the asset class that perhaps they couldn't have got before. 
Um, so, and that that's interesting. I think that's that that sort of is a useful part of the investment process. So I think it's it's individuals through to institutions. I would guess that the you know the chances of someone using the service lending is probably more likely to use it as a borrower too, right? If you're yeah. more familiar with the yeah, exactly. platform and, and, and just understanding yeah. from A to B. Which actually is like the lending club story is actually right. if you look you know underneath the bonnet it's really important to have a crowd there because people feel well actually i might take a mortgage from them it's a it's a slightly more expensive product but actually i'm borrowing off the crowd it's a really simple easy process online i'll take a mortgage with them so you sort of get brand um, loyalty through that I'm just visualizing the day when, like, you know, young kids with bank balances will be going on with their apps and choosing, right. oh, I can, I can get a half a percent if I do Bank England, or I can get and throw, you know, 20% of my portfolio over to these guys and get this return, and then it's, like, all there exactly. with the ratios and charts. I mean, why not, right? As opposed to everybody having, like, the same risk profile yeah. as a borrower a, yeah. and as a lender. Well, so I mean, when you put your money in the bank on deposit, what do they do with it? They go and lend it out, and they lend it out with leverage, and, um, you know, put it into the mortgage market predominantly. Right. So. Sometimes enough to crush the bank. Yeah. You won't even get to Northern Rock. What was Northern Rock doing with your money yeah. that you couldn't have been doing, right? Yeah. What about the property market? I mean, like, how can any... I, I, I describe the property market as, like, it's an ego-crushing experience. No matter where you are in the socioeconomic spectrum, I'm sure Abramovich, when he's, like, uh, one Hyde Park, and he's like, $140 million? I can't afford that. I could get two players for that. Yeah, but I mean, he's in pain, and then, yeah. like, your average person's in pain. Everybody trying to buy property in this market. It's just... it's How do you live in London in this property market? How do you yeah. exist? I mean, yeah. it's, you know, it's a macro question. It, I mean, it's a property obsessed nation you know i think it goes back to same in the u.s same in, in australia where i'm from you know you were sort of told from a young age that your goal in life is to own the family home right. you know because people feel wealthy and they feel a, a, a sense of well-being or sense of security by doing that so that that's everyone's aspirational goal so is that yeah misguided, it does, do you think do you think property ownership shouldn't be something i, I think it is a little so bit dear? yeah actually yeah i mean i think um the population generally is slightly more transient or probably a lot more transient than what it used to be. You know, if you own a property, you, that's a serious investment, perhaps one that you can't afford or shouldn't necessarily be committing to. Right. Um, and it's one that's, like you say, it's hugely illiquid. So aspiring to that is maybe not the most sensible thing, but for a lot of people it is. I mean, it depends on, depends on your circumstances. Yeah, I mean, we saw the extreme of that in the U.S., basically, yeah. in 07, yeah. 08, where everybody was over-leveraged. And, you know, we, we hear everyone that cried afterwards, but then you had all these people that were just taking these huge loans yeah. out on these huge houses that they had no business buying. Yeah. But it was part of the American dream, and it was kind of sold. Uh, and I think it always will be that way. Yeah. There yeah, I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. No, I, I think you're right. I think that sometimes people are... I, I was never a property buyer, which is why I'm poor now. Um, but I used to always tell people, they're like, oh, I'm buying a house. And I'm like, you're not buying a house. You're buying 85% of a house. Yeah. And the rest, you know, you are getting a loan on and you're paying interest on that. And people yeah. are like, no, no, I own my own house. And I'm yeah. like, you know, yeah. I guess that's a finance guy's way of looking at it, right? Yeah, yeah I own back home, but, but here, here I have no... But to be honest, I think my rent that I pay now is probably less than I, I would pay to carry a mortgage. In the UK? In the UK, yeah. Really? Because, yeah, you know, my, my landlord, she bought my place in, like, the early 90s. Yeah. Um, so she hasn't really sort of revalued it or, yeah. or lent against they're it. They're laughing so, all the way to the bank. Yeah, right now, they, so. they don't yeah. really care. So they're like, you know, have a, have a reliable tenant, long-term tenant. Yeah. Uh, you know. You should get a mortgage. 
There we go. Yeah. Oh, man. Again. All right. Um, Christian, we ask everyone here a few questions at the end. I'm going to hit you with right. them. Uh, if you could make a phone call to the, the 20-year-old uh, uh, Christian phase and give that young man a bit of advice, what would you tell him to do? To go into tech early? To not? What were you doing at 20? Uh, I was studying law, um, which I think is actually a good, good sort of grounding for doing anything thereafter. Um, Jeff Lynn is a lawyer? Yeah, exactly. You guys stick together? Yeah, yeah. Probably just do what I was doing, to be honest. But in reality, get into tech earlier. Yeah, I think, um, or study tech, actually. I think, I think learning to program is something that I probably should have done. Can yeah. you do any coding now? Can you look I, at the code? Well, when I was younger, I could do like HTML and that sort of okay. stuff, but very basic. You should learn. Very basic. Maybe you should learn. It mm. might actually help you in your business. Yeah, I got a lot of spare time. <laughs> Code club. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of spare time. Um, uh, on that same note, what's the uh, best advice you've ever received, business or personal? Uh, there's no substitute for hard work. Spoken like, like a true American. Wow. Who oh, told really? you that? <laughs> My parents. Really? <laughs> okay. Australian right. parents. And what did, yeah. what did okay. your parents Australian, do out of curiosity? Uh, they were uh, entrepreneurs as well. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I think that's great. Yeah, hard work. Yeah. It's no, no free lunch, no shortcuts. It's no shortcut, yeah. Yeah, it's funny because we've had some people on here that say, we have one guy that said he, he uh, leaves by example, as in he's not the guy that makes everyone work till 8 o'clock at night. He's not that entrepreneur. But we've had plenty of other people that sat there, like Davinia Nolas from Moshi Monsters, that said, you know, you've got to be obsessed with this startup. You yeah, know, definitely. You, you have to be yeah. in the shower yeah, thinking yeah. about your of startup. Course. Yeah, it's a 24-7 job. I mean, yeah. but it's not, it's not a job in the sense of going and slaving away at a desk. I mean, it's a, it's a lifestyle, really. Yeah. Are, you, are yeah. your former colleagues jealous of you? Uh, yeah, I'd imagine they pro- okay. possibly are. You probably so, some people are cut out to be a lawyer, you know, to sit there and do documents all day. Hours. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Every, account for every six minutes. Some people like that. <laughs> Not you. Um, last part of that question is uh, to 20-year-olds that are listening around the world, uh, what would you suggest that they do if they want to get you know, kind of involved in, in the tech business? I mean, you came around a roundabout yeah. way to this. Yeah. What, what would you say? I mean, I think um, with, with everything in life, just don't overplan it too much. Just do it. You, know? you can sit there and sort of have the perfect plan about what you can do next year and the year after and all that sort of stuff, but just go, just go and do it. And if it's a startup, just you, know, you don't have to have the most... A lot of people say this is not the right way, but you don't have to have the most perfect business plan because it's always going to change anyway. I mean, you should have an idea of where your financials are going to go and all the rest of it, but it's no better way than just getting out there and doing it. Yeah, everyone in tech is learning on the job. Like They yeah. all are, even if they're pretending like they're not. Yeah. So I think you could even argue that everyone in the world is learning on the job. But you know, a lot of people are like, I don't know anything about tech. I don't know who to call. And I, I agree, maybe you should just, just jump in. Yeah, and it's always changing tech. You know, from what I understand with the tech guys, you know, the, the languages are changing all the time. The methodologies, the thinking behind it all, is, it's constantly changing. So you know, again, you can't sort of spend 10 years studying it and not doing it. You just go out there and do it. Yeah, it's not like your classic industries like law or banking where yeah. having that 10 years and exactly. that firm, like everything's constantly yeah. changing, yeah. acquisitions. Like yeah, that yeah. So, um, did I miss anything? Um, no, I think that's good, man. I guess, you know, are you guys hiring? You know, yeah. what are, you, are you looking for borrowers, lenders, everything, all of the above? Looking for everything. I mean, yeah. I guess if anyone's interested, have a look at the site, uh, lendinvest.com. Um, if anyone has got tech expertise, please come and have a chat with us. We, we're, we're definitely hiring, um, looking for the best tech talent 
in the city, really. Should people, I mean, should they look in their portfolio in their bank and they're like, okay, I would never think about doing this, but should they think, well, maybe I should take 5% of my portfolio and put it in a uh, you know property-based asset, maybe take advantage of the bull market without putting equity down and get an extra few percent on your money? I mean, I guess you're trying to educate investors that way, right? Definitely. I mean, you know, of course I can't provide financial advice, but... And neither you know, can we. <laughs> Did I just do but, that? But, uh, you know, for me, it makes sense. And that, that's sort of where we, that was really where we came to this initially in terms of, as an investor, where would we put our money? And we were looking at the other offerings and thinking, it's just not really good enough. So, you know, lending secured against property, decent return, it's, it's a good proposition. Yeah. It's one that people one, should look at. One thing is if you're in the middle of this housing boom and you want to, quote unquote, get in on it, it's basically impossible unless you want to be a speculator yourself or you want to go find that property and go in all the due deal, which nobody mm-hmm. wants to do. But this is a kind of a great way of getting a slightly lower risk profile, yep. but still getting some pretty nice returns it's on your money, yeah. getting exposure to this market, yeah, yeah. Uh, which I don't think is going anywhere personally. So, What's the average return for a lender? The average at the moment is 8%. And actually, a lot of our investors that are coming onto the platform now are sort of buy-to-let landlords, funnily enough. You know, they're, they're sick of dealing with the tenant that's not paying them, the right. plumbing issues, the sort of, all the sort of issues that go with holding a property. Saying, well, I can take 8% per annum. I'll, I'll go and do so that. They go to Passive, you they online. <laughs> yeah. Right, right, right. Well, because if they went to you to borrow, they'd have to make like 25% <laughs> yeah. per annum just yeah, to make a, their it's aid, more right? Of a stretch. <laughs> yeah. That's funny, man. Yeah. I never even thought about that. Yeah. Um, interesting. And uh, if, if uh, people want to get in touch with you, what's the best way if they're looking? Uh, email. I'm on Twitter, Christian Faze. Okay. Um, yeah. And uh, your website for LendInvest. And. Yeah. Uh, Excellent. I love it. Um, I just like seeing these kind of nuanced tech and yeah. credit, credit tech, credit you know, tech, kind yeah. of plays here going on. I hate you know? the banks. <laughs> you really brought out a bad. Time. I know it's a bad day for it. Too. It's an easy thing. I've been, really? I, I've Did your motorcycle get stolen again? No, no. no. I've, okay. been, I've been trying. I've been, I've been trying to move an investment account back home in Canada through HSBC, and it's taken me okay. a year. Next week, Dude, we're, just still, ma- we're still not done. We're just bad mouthing everyone today. <sighs> HSBC, Wongo, we got lots of enemies. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. well, it's real at least, right? Yeah. Grumpy today. Okay, yeah. good. Well, um, hopefully, uh, you know, Christian, you and other people can get this whole kind of credit issue and this global credit piece solved because it's like yeah. this glaring from a finance guy. Like property and mortgages are this glaring aspect where I just think yeah. everyone gets taken for a ride and it slows down GDP having this big inefficiency here. Yeah. And I don't think it does anyone any favors. And when that one day we get these liquid markets, maybe even gets to where we can, we can invest in REITs or something like that yeah. for you guys yeah, yeah. where you can really put your money in any asset class yeah. you want. Everyone's going to be better for it. So mm. I'm a big fan. Um, fantastic. Love this stuff. Uh, episode 54. We got picked up for our third season on YouTube. Apparently. It's, uh, it's good news. They still um, allow us to upload the videos. Yeah, they, they love it. Um, <laughs> audience is growing. Uh, the, fa- the guests are getting better and better every week. So feedback's been Clearly. fantastic. Yeah, there I know, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we've peaked. I'm joking. Yeah, it's, it's fantastic. We've got some great people working for us. If you want to get involved awesome. in the party, uh, send us an email at hello at siliconreal.com. If you're listening on iTunes, come see uh, our extremely good good-looking faces on YouTube. And uh, it's great. I love, I love finding out about the people. That's our slogan. It's about the people. Uh, Christian, all the best. Thank you. And uh, lots of love to you guys. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thanks, yeah. man. All right, guys. Take care. Cool. Data isn't as valuable as information. And to create information from data, you have to create context. We open this up and... 
Uh, that led to the revelations of Starbucks and Google not paying tax. It was huge. Understanding who owns a company and, you know, uh, and who that is um, is very, very important. This was something that could really change the world. Data is not the new oil.